It is now well proven that accurate diagnoses help prevent the spread of COVID-19, but there is still much work needed in this arena to help battle this deadly virus. In this episode, we have diagnostics evangelist Mara Aspinall with us to more deeply share the vital role of diagnostics and their power to help us overcome this crisis. Mara is a pioneering healthcare industry leader and is the managing director of Bluestone Venture Partners, a venture fund investing in life science technology companies and the co-founder of the Biomedical Diagnostics Program at Arizona State University. During our time together, Mara highlights the significance of diagnosis and testing and how she helps lead the Arizona State University's COVID-19 Diagnostics Commons critical efforts in conjunction with the Rockefeller Foundation, which is helping to empower many global organizations to work together to overcome this public health catastrophe. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Mara, what an honor to have you on our podcast today. Welcome aboard. It is great to be here, Mike. Well, I'm looking forward to sharing your very important work with our community regarding Arizona State University's COVID Commons focused on diagnostics and the positive global impact your team's efforts are already producing as we continue our battle with the coronavirus. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment and visit passionatepioneers.com in order to share your feedback and ideas. Simply scroll to the comments section at the bottom of each posted episode. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Mara, this can truly turn into a series of podcast episodes, given your deep and rich background, all the wonderful work you've given your whole career to our industry. But today we're really going to focus on, on those efforts at Arizona State that you and the team are helping leading with the commons. But before we go there, give our community a sense of your background and a little bit of an overview so it can really help stage and frame up what we're going to cover today around the commons. Sure. Well, I'm happy to start to say I am proud to describe myself as a diagnostic evangelist. It is only with an accurate diagnosis can our great healthcare professionals around the world truly give our patients the very best care. But my actual jobs, I am co-founder and managing director of Bluestone Venture Partners. We invest in diagnostics devices and digital health, focused on what we call the NATO states, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, and Oklahoma. I sit on a few public company diagnostic company boards, but my heart is really in Arizona State University. I am professor of practice there. And as you said, co-founder of the Biomedical Diagnostics Program, the only one in the world focused exclusively on diagnostics as an independent intellectual discipline. Yeah, and you were also one of the co-founders, like, you know, with this effort, how long ago was that before we really dive into the heart of the matter here, we're going to discuss around COVID-19. How long ago was that? It was six years ago where Dr. Michael Crow, the president of the university, and I sat down 
and said, how can a university make an impact on an industry? And the diagnostics program was born. Wow, very exciting. And through that, are you able to also bring in some of the innovators and some of the entrepreneurs and other companies from outside that you work with in the industry? Has that been, have you been able to create that bridge as well? Absolutely. We are creating more and more bridges with industry, but our core focus in our first few years is training the next generation of leaders. And our students are from diagnostic companies, but most of them are actually from pharmaceutical companies and other parts of healthcare because they're recognizing the importance to learn about diagnostics. Well, thank you for that. And so let's start diving in. You know, obviously here we are, we're still in 2020. This pandemic broke out in mass in March. We go on lockdown. It has been a very tiring year and it has been challenging for so many of us, right? But as I always like to say, amidst a crisis, look for those helpers. And it is certainly true with you and your team and what you are leading. Can you share and frame up a bit what you and your team launched in the face of this pandemic around the COVID-19 Diagnostic Commons program? Sure, and I'm happy to, and I couldn't agree with you more. I've lost a family member to COVID, a friend, and I have personally witnessed the devastation and we need to do something. As leaders in this industry, much has been given to us and much is expected. So early on, At ASU, we hosted a national COVID diagnostic summit, brought together 50 industry leaders. And even early on in the first month, it was clear that diagnostics were going to be critical to the beginning, the middle, and I hope the end of the crisis. In the midst of that, I got so many calls telling me and asking me what tests are out there, what tests should there be? And that was the creation of ASU's COVID Commons and specifically the testing commons. And how was the reception from the rest of your faculty, staff, and all the other leadership around this, giving that interest from the community at large? The reception has been extraordinary. ASU as a university is also doing its own testing and created its own tests, initially a swab test and now a saliva test. But more broadly, it's the bringing together of people to say, how can we help as a university? And then most importantly, we got together with the Rockefeller Foundation. And with the Rockefeller Foundation's help, intellectual help and grant, we were able to now move this to a system that's not just around one university, but truly the world. So our community always loves when we can peel the curtain back a bit, right? We can always say as leaders, oh, we're working with a global organization like the Rockefeller Foundation. But can you give us a little bit behind the curtain? How did that come to be? Did you know somebody there? How did ASU and the Commons come together to join such an incredible organization like the Rockefeller Foundation. Can you take us through that? Yes, it all started with that diagnostic summit. And at that summit, we had these, you probably know the term KOLs, key opinion leaders. And as part of that, they got excited because this isn't about one person. This is about creating a movement. And you know, that's when you really make impact. One person starts but then it's bringing on the key others. And with that, I got an introduction to the Rockefeller Foundation 
And as they say, the rest is history. But it's not only Rockefeller. One of the other participants in the summit was the head of healthcare at the World Economic Forum. And Jenya Dana, she came to me and said, what can we do to help? And part of the COVID commons is we created the workplace commons to get to employers. One of the biggest challenges, as you know, and all your listeners know, is we don't have any conferences anymore. It's very hard to benchmark what you're doing. How can you find out if what your company is doing is the best in class? So we created a global survey, a thousand companies have already responded so we can document what are the practices that are happening in the US and around the world by industry and by size of company and which are the ones that work best and which are the ones that have not been as successful. And towards the end, we'll also share where we can all find that and even take part of the survey as Mara, as you know, there's a ton of amazing leaders in the industry that listen in and hopefully can be of help to distribute and disseminate this important survey as well. So thank you for that. So what has been some of the early findings that, you know, I received a recent update from you, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Some of the things you're achieving, you now include 1877, 1,877 tests as of October, 2020. Unbelievable. I mean, these are just incredible statistics around the achievements already being, you know, had by the team. But what are you guys experiencing now? And then we're going to talk a little bit of where do you see this heading as well? Because we're not out of the thick of the woods anytime soon. But maybe you can talk about now and and those achievements already won. Sure. What we want to do is create knowledge. Knowledge is power. And to do that in a simple way through the ASU Decision Theater Group, we have put together all of the tests worldwide, ones that have been approved and ones that are in development. So that whether you're a decision maker in a company and you want to create a testing program, you're in a school, you're a government, you can go to one place and look at 1,877 tests. Now, when you break that down, in the US, there are roughly just under 300 tests that are authorized, but in the EU and around the world, they use a different system, CEIVD, and there are closer to 400 plus tests there. We're working with the African Union, the EU, Asian organizations to ensure that we have this comprehensive listing of tests that are on the market and tests that are in development. But beyond that, it's not just a list of tests, it's the parameters around the test. What is the sample type that they use? Can you take it yourself or do you need a healthcare professional to do it? What is the sensitivity, the specificity? How does the test work? What is the technology? So what I like is that you can look at it as the top down or the bottom up. You can get a sense of the market as a whole, but you can also get a sense of, in a detailed way, test by test by test and understand that one test parameters. Well, and I love how your team frames it up on the website. I'm pulling it right from the site. It says a one-stop reliable source for comprehensive information about COVID-19 tests worldwide. Search all tests in the market and in the pipeline by multiple parameters, including test type, technology, regulatory status, country of origin, and more. The testing commons is also updated regularly. Obviously, I keep getting these updates, and it is amazing at the speed of pace that you and the team are working on. So very, very exciting there, Mara. Where do you see all of this heading next? 
you know, here we are, we're potentially going into the second wave, unfortunately, and going to continue to create some stress on the industry across the world. Where do you see this work going into late 2020 into early 2021 and beyond? I think that the world of testing and the importance of testing only increases. And I say that in full knowledge that we may and hopefully will have a vaccine sometime in 2021. But I want to emphasize the fact that testing is going to continue, even if we had the perfect vaccine that's only given once and lasts forever. I think that's unlikely. But as we look forward, testing becomes a core part. I think of it as the hub and spoke system. The hub is tests. They're the ones that bring the information as to not only who's infected, but who's infectious. Why are we testing? We're testing to reduce transmission of the virus. We're not just testing to count the numbers of people. But when you think about that hub and spoke system, testing is in the middle. And then in addition, we have masking and social distancing and washing your hands and education about a vaccine or other treatments. But testing is the core of that. So what I see is that people get back to the workplace there's going to be more emphasis and a shift from just governments doing testing and paying for testing to private industry conducting the tests and in many areas around the world paying for those tests. And we want to create the information through testing comments and other pieces we can talk about having that information available so the test manufacturers can quickly connect with the customers for their tests and that we can use the capacity out there efficiently. Great overview. And thank you for that. And we'll again, be sharing some touch points online to where all of us can be getting involved with what Mara just outlined. Another area I want to focus on that's an exciting new development over on your page is your T3 blog. I know you were personally excited about it as well. Can you share a bit what's happening there, this new development on the site and the content that you and the team are pushing out with the T3 blog? Sure. And again, consistent with ASU and Rockefeller, it's all about education because when you are educated, you feel less fear. And when you have less fear, you can move forward. So we've had some fun with the T3 testing technology trends blog. The first one is called the scoop on poop, how we can use wastewater testing for surveillance. Second one called ghosts in the air, how COVID-19 is now very, very clear is transmitted through microparticles in the air. Third one is interesting. It's called, when is too much of a good thing bad? And Mike, as you know, there's been a lot of discussion about what is the best test? Is it PCR? Is it antigen? Are they other kinds of tests? And I talk about the issue around positivity, false positives, real positives. When is PCR perfect and when is it not and should not be the gold standard? And lastly, one that's coming out next week, I call it don't hold your breath. There's been a lot of hype about breath tests. Could you just breathe into a tube and five seconds later get an answer as to whether you have COVID or not? I'm skeptical about these tests, but I'd love to have the readers Take a look at what I put together and let's debate it. Let's see the data and see what is coming moving forward in the industry. Well, bravo on the new blog. The content is very important, timely and informative. And you came out the gate strong with the scoop on poop. So bravo on 
<laughs> the very first blog post aptly named the scoop on poop. Well played there. So thank you for sharing that. So Mar, let's talk about, I know you guys are moving so fast with this in so many great ways. And we have an incredibly innovative and thought provoking community around this as well that can be thinking on how they might be able to support these efforts where they can get involved. So with that, what can we be doing? How can our community be helping you? How can we be getting involved? Maybe you can coach us up a bit on where we can be plugging in. Sure. So I think there are three things that your audience can be doing. First of all, I would suggest that they go to the Rockefeller Foundation website and you can see the most recent publication actually came out just today that talks about what are the most appropriate protocols for K through 12 and for nursing homes. So if you are out there in a school environment, either working at school or a parent, take advantage of the more than 200 experts that we've worked with at Rockefeller to get an actual protocol that might work for your setting, for students, for staff, and for faculty. Secondly, go to asucovidcommons.com. There are a bunch of things you can do there most importantly and do it quickly before the end of the month. Take our workplace commons survey. Understand your benchmarks. Give us data because the more data we have, the better comparisons that we will have at the end of this process. Thirdly, give me suggestions. Tell me what else you want to see in the blog on the T3 blog. Tell me what else you want to see in testing commons. This can get better and better if we act as a community and happily we have the team to implement it, but I need your suggestions. Well, let's go there in regards to my next question for our community to give you those suggestions and insights so we can all continue to get better together. Where can we find you online? What are some touch points, social media or other areas that we can find you online? Sure, you can find me on LinkedIn. There aren't too many other Mara Aspinall, so pretty clear. You can go to Twitter at Mara Aspinall. And I'm happy for your listeners to email me directly, mara.aspinall at asu.edu. Simple enough. And we'll also include all of those touch points for Mara and the team in our episode notes. Just simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player and you'll see those links to be able to click on through. Of course, you can head over to our global community at passionatepioneers.com and be able to click through find more on those social links, email handles, or otherwise, as well as leave some comments, feedback, and suggestions right in the episode notes as well. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Mara, again, like I told you on the front end of all of this, there is a series of episode podcast opportunities here with you. And your background is so vast, so strong, and has been incredibly important for me to learn on how our community can continue to support your efforts and what ASU is up to. We thank you for your time today. We look forward to continue to get your updates and see how we can plug in to continue to help these efforts. But for now, Mara, thank you so much for joining us today. We celebrate these efforts and we appreciate all that you're doing for our communities and beyond. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.